2: what is up welcome to a special edition of the nfl fantasy live podcast it's me, your man mg marcus grant alongside the fantasy hall of famer michael fabiano and graham barfield and we have one night of the NFL Draft in the books as we are recording this. We are about three and a half hours or so away from night two starting. But uh, I don't know, guys, I feel like uh, night one sort of went, uh, I guess, as we expected. I mean, a lot of defense, uh, you know, a few off. Not very fantasy relevant.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's fair we thought.
1: Pretty much exactly what we expected. A couple receivers. We got the two Iowa tight ends. Off the board and then Josh Jacobs. So it's kind of kind of chalk for, for fantasy. Exactly.
3: Although Metcalf didn't come off the board. He did not. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we will go through that.
2: We'll talk about uh, who we think ended up in a great situation for fantasy, who ended up in a not so great fantasy situation, and uh, maybe kind of look at some dynasty rookie picks as well. Uh, before, though, we get into that, let's go behind the glass. Uh, as I mentioned earlier in the week, our faithful producer, Edward L. Murphy Esquire, is down in Nashville, and he may be drinking himself to
3: death. After He's the crying dynasty. in his uh Beverage of choice after, right after now. the but Giants wait, first but, round. So Damashek posted a video of his reaction when the Giants took Daniel Jones, and it was not a favorable reaction. But then I saw. Eddie had a picture with Daniel Jones. Oh, I'm sure he's trying to
2: make himself feel better about it. So uh, sitting in, though, got for some us, explaining to do, you know her as the loose cannon from the Around the NFL podcast. She is one of our resident Patriots fans as well. Erica Tamposi, what's up? Hey, guys. So uh, you said this before the pod and, and we'll talk about it a little bit later. But you got to be pretty excited about what the Patriots did. Last I
1: time. really was first round Patriots picking. I was like, eh, I don't even know if I'm going to watch it. I was here covering <laughs> it, but I was like, I'm not. It's not a big deal. Most likely expecting right. a trade back. In right. Game. I was like, up, oh, they're going to trade. We're going to pick maybe in the sixth round of 2025. <laughs> <25." laughs> but uh, no, then, then you know, where we got off, I was like, oh, my God. And then all of a sudden, my friends from Boston are texting me being like, I actually watched tape on this guy. Have you seen <laughs> this catch? And I'm like, oh, my God. This is like the
3: second year in a row the Patriots have done something in the first round they typically don't do, right? right. Running back last season with Sony Michel and uh, Nikhil Harry, who... From a fantasy standpoint, I mean, hey, that's a heck of a nice spot to land with Gronkowski retired and Josh Gordon, who knows. Um, that He could end up being uh, irrelevant this season. Totally, totally. So
2: we'll get into that, get into plenty more. But uh, before we do all that, let's do some news. <laughs> Through the news. Uh, start with some serious news that happened just before the draft got underway. No coincidence Thursday. there either. Uh, the chiefs right now are dealing with the Tyreek Hill situation. Of course, uh, if you've been following the news, there have been reports of child abuse that uh, were happening in Tyreek Hill's home. Uh, Earlier in the week, uh, the prosecutor said they were not going to press charges because of a lack of evidence, but then a video surfaced or some audio surfaced of a conversation between Tyreek Hill and his fiancée in which uh, his fiancée basically accuses him of having injured, having hurt his child, having abused his child. Uh, If you haven't heard it, um, you know, it's it's awful. Um, there's not really much else to say about that. But beyond that, the team right now is saying that uh, Tyreek Hill will not take part in any team activities for the foreseeable future. Uh, the league certainly has not yet made a decision on that. The team has not yet made a decision on that. So we'll kind of wait to see. But in the meantime, uh, the criminal case has been reopened. That was just announced uh, just a few minutes before we started this podcast. So, you know, I, I can't, at this point, it's kind of a wait and see. But right now, we with the most recent evidence, it uh, it does not look good. Um, I don't know. There's just like I said, they, we'll, we'll kind of wait and see. I don't even want to get necessarily into the fantasy aspect of it just yet. But right now, the the news about it uh, is pretty damning and pretty just pretty awful.
3: If, if evidence, and we're in a day and age, guys, with fake news, and so who you know who knows what the truth is. I know what it looks like, and I know a lot of people were already basically uh, crucifying him on social media, and 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 maybe deservedly so, but. If Tyreek Hill has proven to have broken his son's arm, to have punched his son in the chest, to have basically warned his fiancée that she needs to be afraid of him uh, and, and then used an expletive to describe her, Tyreek Hill needs to be out of the league. And maybe it's just for a year. Maybe it's more. He needs to be out of the league. Adrian Peterson was suspended for most of the 2014 season uh, after the story came out about him disciplining his his child with with a, swatch, a switch. switch. And I, I think this is worse. And, and again, we have to find out what the evidence is. But the Kansas City Chiefs dumped Kareem Hunt, and Kareem Hunt did a disgusting thing as well. But I would argue this is worse, that, listen, as a man, I'm not a violent person, okay? But as a man, I was taught, and everyone should be taught, you don't lay your hands on a woman, you don't hit a child, and you, you, don't, you don't abuse animals. You, you, you don't, it's just stuff you don't do. You don't do that. And this is this is a situation here where uh, I would be surprised if evidence shows and, and it looks like it's leaning in that direction that Tyree Kill abused his child and, and broke his arm and punched him in the chest and threatened his, his fiance. Tyreek Kill's not going to be on the Chiefs and he's not going to be in the league in
2: 2019. Uh, yeah. So we're, we're just like I said, we're waiting to see. Um yeah, there will certainly be a decision made. I don't know when, I don't know what, but uh, we will kind of get back to it further once once that happens. Um, all right, more to football, the side of things. Uh, Nelson Aguilar is believed to be available for a trade. This is a guy who two seasons ago had a breakout year. Last year, really kind of struggled. Now, I won't say the Eagles offense is, is in flux, so that's not really true, but it does seem like there's no real spot for nelson aguilar here so maybe it is a chance for him to to fly the nest and, and find somewhere that that's fly going, the out. nest yeah like you like that you, did there, you like that but there's
3: also been like rumors out there that the eagles could be in, in, in you know looking for a wide receiver in the draft
1: i don't see that personally i mean <laughs> <laughs> no it
3: doesn't make any sense to me but i've heard that yeah I, I mean i've
1: heard that yeah nelson aguilar's kind of been i guess on the outs uh in this offense, it, I think they kind of wanted to get rid of him a little bit once they added Tate, then that failed. Um, yeah, they just have so many mouths to feed now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what the Eagles do with Aguilar. How about Howie Roseman again? Jumping up in front of oh, dude, that's to take to a track, track, yeah. Andre Dillard. To take a tackle. What a G move, man. I mean, what yeah. a G
2: <laughs> Howie Roseman does not care. No. Just straight up DGAF. Does mm-hmm. not care. Yep. So, uh, the Raiders are moving on from Marshawn Lynch. Beast Mode says he is going to hang him up again. This time he didn't do it. I don't think he did it. You know, I remember the last time he retired. He yeah. did a kickoff of the Super Bowl where he posted just a picture of his cleats hanging right, on the yeah. telephone yep, wire. Yep, yep. Uh, this was not quite as dramatic. He didn't quite have the mic drop here. But mm-hmm. uh, So we've lost. I say in the last what, couple months, last month, basically, we've lost Gronk. We've lost Jonathan Stewart mm-hmm. and we've lost Marshawn Lynch. I mean, these pretty, are three, you know, three pretty big fantasy related names. who have decided yeah. to hang them up lately.
3: Yeah. And uh, we already know who's replacing him with uh, with Josh Jacobs being drafted. Uh, the only running back drafted in the first round uh, by the Oakland Raiders. And it was kind of one of those picks that everyone Everybody was sort of expecting to, to happen. And it did come to fruition. And we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But, uh, yeah, Marshawn Lynch. Uh, He'll go down as as one of the one of the better running backs in fantasy football during his time in the league and uh, a likely Hall of Famer.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Beast Mode's a Hall of Famer, right? Mm -hmm. I think so. I think so. Should have won two Super Bowls. You know what? Here's the thing.
2: It may take him a while because I think what's going to happen is in this new era where, you know, running backs aren't getting quite as much love. I think it's going to take some of these guys longer. But I think the further away we get from his playing career, the more people are going to look back. and like, cause that's. This is how I felt maybe three, four years ago about Frank Gore. I think at this point, Frank Gore, because he'll never get in the Hall of Fame because he's never going to stop playing. Um, <laughs> but I think the further we get away from some of these guys' careers and we watch how running backs are used and how they perform, I think people are going to look back and say, like, yeah, this guy was... Yeah,
1: okay, Beast, and, and the way Beast Mode did it too is like he, he played excellent for three different teams. He never really truly had one right? monster, monster season, but he was awesome for Buffalo. He was a centerpiece in Seattle and he still had a ton of juice in Oakland.
2: It's almost hard to remember him with the Buffalo Bills. That's funny. It just seems like, I mean, he was good. He was very good. I just think you know, he'll always be remembered, I think, as a Seahawk, yeah. especially for the Beast Seahawks Quake are run. <laughs> Both Beast <laughs> Quakes run. That's right. I mean, when you, when you literally, you know, move the Richter scale, uh, I think that's worth something. Yep. Uh, Fabs kind of mentioned this earlier, but Josh Gordon has signed a tender with the New England Patriots. Um, I don't know really what to say other than we're just sort of waiting i mean i feel like we've been here before with josh gordon where we're just kind of waiting
3: it, Look, it's kind of like lucy holding the football and charlie brown tries to kick it and uh he goes flying on his keister we, at we, this point
1: we hope josh gordon has his mental health right but at this point there's no way to just count on any we just, yeah anything that that's going to happen uh with it with him
3: and and then i mean the the patriots picking uh harry last night i think uh is you know is further proof that you know gordon's Gordon's uh, status with the Patriots and with the NFL heading into the 2019 season is very, very questionable. Very much in limbo. So, I mean, we've had no updates on, on his situation at all.
2: No, no. In fact, I mean, it just, when I saw the headline, it sort of kind of took me aback. So I'm like, oh, yeah, Josh Gordon. I, you know, I, I had no idea what was going to happen. So, like I said, we, we have been here before with Josh Gordon. Right. So we'll wait to see what happens. And there you go. That is pretty much everything you need to know. That was the news. All right. So now the reason we're here in the special edition is because we are looking back at night one of the NFL draft. And, and we we kind of knew how it was going to go. There was going to be a lot of defensive players taken. That was certainly the case. Uh, but there were a handful of offensive guys, especially the skill position guys, that did come off the board So we'll go through, we'll take a look at a few of them uh, and kind of give you our thoughts on where they are, what this means for them. So we might as well start at the top. Number one overall, um, you know, after the months of speculation, uh, Kyler Murray goes to the Arizona Cardinals. He becomes one of, what, the, the handful, what. One of two, I think, players who have gone top 10 in both football and baseball going joining mm-hmm. Bo Jackson, mm-hmm. which I saw. Uh, I guess Kyler Murray recreated the iconic Bo Jackson poster from the 80s where he's got the shoulder pads on and the bat across his. Oh, yeah. Across his shoulder. Yep. But like looking at him side by side, it really looks like, you know, somebody's kid like, <laughs> trying to, like, you know, compete with his father. And
3: what was the suit that he wore? I mean, like, heck, Woo, all pink. Yeah. Spicy. Chris Spicy. Rose described it as uh, uh, he, he was dressed as a bottle of Pepto-Bismol. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty
2: accurate, actually. Uh, so he is in Arizona right now. Mm-hmm. The The rub here, Josh Rosen, is still in Arizona right now. Now, as we speak... There are rumors that the Miami Dolphins may be trying to swing a deal for Josh Rosen, depending on who you read or who you talk to. It's either very close or it's not close at all. So who knows? By the time we finish recording this thing and put it out there, uh, he could be a dolphin. He could still be in Arizona. Uh, Aside from the awkwardness of this all right now, uh, Kyler Murray's the starter, right, Fab? He's the starter this year.
3: There's no question about that. I'm I'm all in on him and uh, the position is deep. We've said it a million times before and I'm starting to plug in the rookies as they're being drafted into my rankings and uh, I'm probably going to change things a million times in the next week and, and into the the deeper in the offseason. But right now I have him right in the mid teens because of what he could do with his feet and uh, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he was a top 15 fantasy quarterback in 2019 because of what he can do uh, if he gives you a 500 rushing yards like if a quarterback gives you 500 rushing yards during good. the course of a season I mean that that that's if he does anything as a passer he's going to be somewhere in that top 15 range
1: the, the biggest thing that Murray provides Beyond obviously, probably being a better pure passer than Josh Rosen, coming out is his scrambling ability. The Cardinals' offensive line, I mean, was a oh, unmitigated. Yes. 50 a sacks pass. allowed, I think last season. Yeah, evening. they had the the highest pressure rate allowed um, by far in the NFL. Josh Rosen was under pressure on like over fifty percent of his third down snaps. Kyler Murray can move um, and, and evade pressure, unlike any quarterback that we've seen uh, recently. I, this is. Common sense prevails, and I mean, for fantasy, this is a slam-dunk spot for a rookie quarterback because mm-hmm. we are expecting Kingsbury's offense to be very vertical, very aggressive, and right. Murray will be able to do things on design runs with DJ in the backfield and scramble on his own. It's a, it's a great
3: I, I, I do think, and we've said this on the, on the podcast before, that he is going to be very much overdrafted in redrafts because people are going to want him on their roster. So he'll probably go a little bit higher uh, than I'm comfortable taking a QB2, but he has all the upside in the world, and I think it's a situation that we can compare to Baker Mayfield, who was the number one overall pick last season. What did we see from Mayfield as a rookie? We saw a lot of flashes, man. We saw we, we saw some turnovers. We saw some bad performances, but we saw a lot, a, a lot of potential, and that was without Odo Beckham Jr., and he finished 16th in fantasy points among quarterbacks last season. So I, I think it's going to be similar in terms of He's going to Murray's going to have a lot of big games. He's going to he's going to show that he's a rookie at times, but the the potential for greater things in the future is certainly going to be uh, showcased. So I, I
2: feel like you know the the rushing yards we know are going to be there. I'm and I've I've said this before. I'm still worried about what happens in the passing game without any real weapons. You know, I, hopefully uh, Christian Kirk is back and healthy. But you know, Larry Fitzgerald for as great as he's been. Is at the end of his so I, I say like this if I put the number for passing yards at, for Kyler Murray at let's call it let's call it thirty nine hundred, you going over or under that you
3: guys? Uh, I think that's I, I think he'll go thirty nine is high I, I'm I would be projecting him more in the thirty five to thirty seven.
1: Yeah, I, I would range. probably go slightly under. Mm-hmm. But do you you really think that so you're pretty low in Christian Kirk and DJ then right? I mean like. Well, no, it's not that I'm low on them. I mean, I I love DJ, right, yeah.
2: and and I do like Christian Kirk. I mean, one, he need, he and needs dude, they're going to draft
1: him. a wide receiver. That's what I'm wondering. They're going right? to draft a wide receiver. Well, they're sitting here at 33 overall here, and, which dude, I think you can, three I, hours. I I think you can get Metcalf.
3: Should, you can get Butler. They potentially. should draft
1: Byron Murphy, cornerback out of Washington, um, or Grady Williams. But I mean, I think they were hoping the Harry would fall one more spot.
3: Oh, and I'm sure Nikhil was hey, hoping he that, that too. he could have stayed in Arizona. I, he could have been right. right. There. I don't know,
1: man. I'm, I I might be a lot higher on the Cardinals than a lot of people. This here because I mean Marcus Gilbert needs to stay healthy but when he's healthy they, they signed him out of um, traded for him from out of Pittsburgh when he's been healthy he's been a top 20 tackle in the NFL um, Jared Sweezy they signed as their left guard Sweezy hasn't been a good player in a couple years but he's far better than what they were rolling out in their interior last year um, if they draft one one extra receiver yeah I think I think this could turn around really quickly and
3: just just to give you some context right so we've said it a gazillion times uh, rookie quarterbacks who have made a fantasy impact have typically been runners, right? Mm. So like Cam Newton, um, Uh, had the greatest three RG three, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Tim freaking Tebow, Andrew, look, but but if you look at their (laughs) passing numbers, like RG three in his rookie season only threw for 3,200 yards, but he rushed for eight, 15 and seven touchdowns. Dak Prescott only rushed for, uh, or threw for 3,667 yards. Russell Wilson, 3,100 yards. So when you get a quarterback who can give you 500 rushing yards, 600 rushing yards and give you five or six rushing touchdowns, you can, you can make an argument that that's almost enough to put him in the top 15 regardless of what he does in the passing game because he's going to be good enough where he's going to give you somewhere between three and 3,500 through the air
2: yeah and I I think that's you know that is sort of the thing that you are you really are kind of now waiting and and hoping that the the rushing numbers come through I'm going through and I'm digging like so I go back Robert Griffin III's rookie year he ended up as the he he was a top 10 quarterback uh 2,900 yards just, just a shade under 3,000 yards um, and 733 rushing yards. 19 touchdowns. He went through four interceptions, which is a, a huge help to his number because he only had the 19
1: touchdown passes and five rushing touchdowns. So, I mean, I think that's plausible. That's plausible for Kyler Murray this year, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. DJ and Kyler Murray in the same backfield is just... Uh, it's n- and now that it's real and I'm thinking about <laughs> it, it just sounds so, so much fun. And
3: if you add another piece to the passing game, which they inevitably will... Yeah. So and, right. and a team that it could be, you know, throwing the ball or or, or playing from behind. I don't I don't know, man. This, this Cardinals um, team, like so. their,
1: their defense was really, really like competitive and tough last year. Yeah, I mean, not. they could turn around really quickly. The, the NFC West is amazing right now. With the, I mean, there are just so many compelling teams. The Niners, uh, Cardinals. Now the Seahawks are always competitive with Russ. Yeah. Um, this is a very compelling division um and we still wait to see what And happens oh by the way the Rams the Super Bowl.
2: Oh yeah, the, the Super <laughs> Bowl the <laughs> NFC champion the, the Super Bowl runner you're, up. You're defending <laughs> NFC champion? Yeah, that team. Uh so yeah, we still wait to see what happens with Josh Rosen if he stays in Arizona, if he gets moved somewhere else. Those negotiations are still happening. Uh the next
3: offensive player off the board Look at look at the smile on Marcus' face, as he mentioned. So,
2: I wish Eddie was here for this. And we'll talk to him, I'm sure, next week, and we'll get his thoughts for sure on it. But Daniel Jones goes to the Giants at six. And everybody kind of had the feeling the Giants were going to go after a quarterback at some point in the first round. But you figured if they were going at six, it would be uh, Dwayne Haskins. If they were going at 17, maybe it would be Daniel Jones. But Daniel Jones at six, what?
3: And then Gettleman (laughs) comes out and says, quote, maybe we're going to be the Green Bay model where Rodgers sat for three years. Like, if you're a Giants fan, you just took a quarterback with the number six overall selection and your GM comes out and says, maybe we're going to sit him for three years. (laughs) What? That also means three years of Eli Manning.
1: What? I don't think Dave Gettleman knows what words mean. (laughs) Like, he has no idea Like that his words and his actions and the way he phrases things have consequences Mm -hmm. and they create more questions about basically everything that he's doing. Um, Daniel Jones was the Daniel Jones to the New York giants was the worst kept secret in the NFL for about a month. Yep. Mm -hmm. Like Marcus mentioned though, no one expected them to pull the trigger at six. And then Gettleman this morning comes out and says, Oh, this is a perfect situation where value and the pick, the right pick line up. It's like, as a Dallas no, Cowboys fan, I love that no, pick. No one, no one was taking Daniel Jones <laughs> ahead of you. It's not like anybody was moving. I, I mean, Washington could have theoretically taken Daniel Jones at fifteen um, ahead of them, but man, it, it's just, this. This off is just. I love it, it's, it's so many what ifs. For I the,
3: love that video of Haskins so too. Like as ifs. Daniel Jones's name is called, he kind of smiles and shakes his head.
2: <laughs> man, it uh, it that was one of the you know, the first round always has a couple of just jaw droppers and that was easily one of them. Um, you know, so I look barring an injury to Eli Manning. I don't expect we're going to see Daniel Jones this year. Um, you know, so unlikely. I, yeah, I just, I don't know. It's just, it makes me giggle. Um, the next couple of picks that have fantasy relevance, a pair of Iowa tight ends and congrats to the Hawkeyes having, uh, you know, two first round tight ends coming off the board. Um, TJ Hawkinson, And it goes to the Detroit Lions at number eight. Noah Fant goes to the Broncos at number 20. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel about either one of those, but I I sort of like the Fant to Denver just because Joe Flacco loves his tight end.
1: It's an amazing fit. And for what it's worth, people think that Noah Fant's like this, like he's just going to go and play the Evan Ingram role and just be in the slot. Like he played in line and on the line of scrimmage quite a bit at Iowa. Um, Has some work to do in the pass blocking game, but this is legitimately one of the most athletic tight ends that we've seen come out. Ever, literally ever. um I mean, he's two fifty and ran a six, like whatever it was, like a six eight one three cone or something. Just something absolutely ridiculous. uh Ran a four five flat forty. This is. I honestly think Noah Fant by, might be the best receiver on the Broncos already. Um, I love Deshaun Hamilton. Uh, I think Cortland Sutton, even though he was shaky at times as a as a rookie receiver, will turn out to be a fine number two. But. This is a great landing spot, and we've seen Joe Flacco target his tight ends relentlessly when he was with Baltimore. It was uh, Dennis Pitta. Mm-hmm. Uh, even before that, it was Owen Daniels, Ben Watson even a couple years ago. Uh, Joe Flacco, at this point in his career, all he can do is dump off his running backs and throw into the interior to his tight ends, and that's no fan. I, I've
2: been yeah. told that he's entering his prime. That's what I was led to believe.
3: <laughs> I, I curb my enthusiasm when it comes to rookie tight ends, though. Yeah. You know, what Evan Ingram did a couple of seasons ago just doesn't happen typically. So uh, Hawkinson at the end of the day is probably going to end up being the best physical tight end the Lions have ever had. It's not really saying that much, Um, but neither one of them is more than than number two tight ends for me. And, And I don't know that I'd have either one of them in my top 15.
1: I will not have any either of them on my top fifteen. But if I'm targeting one of these two guys, it's going to be Fan. But yeah. I I think people are going to be really lukewarm because it's the Broncos, it's Joe Flacco, and just kind of forget this Denver Broncos like their pass catching tree is just it's wide open. Right <laughs> it's now. wide open. So yeah.
3: and, and you know, Hawkinson is considered to be the the better all around player because he's he's as good of a blocker as he is a pass catcher. So nice pickup for the Lions, but again. It's just, you look at the trend historically, in these tight ends that come out of college, there's there's sort of a learning curve. They don't really typically put up huge numbers. Even some of the greatest tight ends that ever played the game came out as rookies and, and really didn't make a, much of an impact statistically. So uh, I'd say both of them are, are, are worth picking in redrafts late as tight end twos. But uh, again, I'm going to temper my expectations here. Both of them much more valuable in Dynasty leagues.
2: By the way, uh, shout out to Iowa, man. Between Hawkinson and George Kittle, I mean... They had Dallas Clark. Dallas Clark back in the day. I mean, this is like tight end you, man, <laughs> <laughs> out, out there in Iowa. So, uh, so shout out to them. Uh, okay, the one we talked about that everybody expected, Josh Jacobs goes to the Raiders at number 24. And I would say of all the guys that went in night one, you know, this is the one that has the easiest path to first year production. We mentioned uh, that Marshawn Lynch has retired. So the real competition back there is what Isaiah Crowell or Jalen Rashard, uh, there are, there are touches to be had. And I would expect that Josh Jacobs is going to walk in and be the starter in week one. And and he's going to be a guy that, like I said, he, he, of all these first night guys seems to be in line for the biggest production right away.
3: Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, he's not going to come out and be Zeke. He's not going to come out and be Saquon. Um, Doing my preliminary rankings, I have him somewhere in the mid
1: 20s. So he's a flex starter. How many at that spot? Think, how many touches you think he gets? I, <laughs> I mean, I kind of thinking 280, he, like 270 to 2.
3: I, I think that's that's a maybe. Yeah, two, uh, maybe, maybe 250.
1: Too high, uh, I
3: think I think he'd
1: get around 250 So like 250 uh, like two out of 10
2: areas and 40 catches. I was going about 15 a game, so worth so, worked out to about 250 somewhere yeah. around there. And
3: he's he's certainly going to be the lead back. Isaiah Crowell is not going to threaten that job unless Jacobs completely falls on his face, and I don't expect that to happen. You've got Jalen Richard in the mix there as well, so I think you can project pretty safely right around 900 rushing yards, uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of four to five hundred. Receiving yards, and uh, maybe not a ton of touchdowns. You know, somewhere, somewhere in the six to eight range. But I think he could be a, a very good flex starter who's got RB two upside. And I think moving forward, this is a guy who could end up being very valuable for fantasy owners.
2: Does this make either of you feel? any differently say about Derek Carr now that he's got, you know, he's got a, a young running back and he's got Antonio Brown. They've got
1: Tyrell Williams. Are you feeling it differently about this him? is make it or break it for Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. This is absolutely make it, make it or break it. You've got the most productive receiver since Jerry Rice on the team. You've got a fantastic field stretcher in Tyrell Williams. You've now got potentially a foundation back in Josh Jacobs. This is make or break. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. I yeah. mean, Derek Carr's never had a year where he's averaged. He's been above average in yards per pass attempts. Um, he better do it this year.
3: This is an interesting note. Uh, uh, Kimberly Jones just tweeted out, and uh, you know I'm a big Mike Francesa fan. He has had Eli Manning on his show basically like every season. He does like a weekly spot. Eli has canceled that weekly spot for the upcoming season because he is not sure he's going to be the starting quarterback for the Giants all season long.
2: Really? hmm Huh. Uh the I petty wars have started. Seriously, I I don't know. I feel like I feel like I feel like you're still okay, Eli. I feel like you you're still okay. But
3: but if the Giants stink, which we expect them to stink, um the fans in New York are going to be clamoring for Daniel Jones to get get in the game.
2: Uh I mean, yeah, well, of course, because there's no there's nobody on the oh. team more popular oh, than the oh. backup quarterback.
1: Oh god. No doubt. The day Giants fans <laughs> who Eli Manning uh, that that'll be the day. I, I I can't even like pigs will fly. That uh, uh, you think the Giants you, are never ever. The, Eli is the golden boy who can do no wrong.
3: You think Haskins <laughs> is under center in Week One
1: for the Skins? No, Probably. but he'll pro- he'll get every opportunity to to be that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I could I could see it. I could most I could it'll most it likely happening. be Case Week One and Two, and then they'll move on and mm-hmm. start asking.
3: They them. need to get him some receivers.
2: Speaking of receivers, the the last couple of fantasy noteworthy picks in the first round were wide receivers. After Josh Jacobs goes to the Raiders at 24, one pick later, Marquise Hollywood-Brown goes to the Ravens at 25, and then Nikhil Harry goes to the Patriots at number 32. You I know, mean, Brown may be the most talented receiver in this class. It's you, know, you can certainly debate that. But,
3: Fabs, you and I were talking before
2: the show, like, it's just not a great oh, situation. Oh,
3: it's bad, dude. Like, I mean, could he have gone to a worse situation? Like, I get it. There's a lot of targets up for grabs, right? You know, crap, she's not there anymore. John Brown's not anymore. But, I mean, they you know, under Jackson, they they, they ran it 64% of the time, you know? Like, I feel like it's a, it's a really good fit in reality for the Ravens offense because now they have a field stretcher, a guy who can maybe help keep defenses a little bit more honest because – He's going to be asked to make plays uh, in the vertical passing game. But, like, I mean, dude, he's going into a, a run-heavy offense that added Mark Ingram, that has Lamar Jackson under center. And, um, and with a quarterback who just doesn't necessarily push the ball down the field. Effectively, correct. Or correct. So, yeah. although he will be probably the, the only Ravens wide receiver drafted, even in redrafts, I would not expect a whole lot from Hollywood Brown. In fact, I think Nikhil Harry has uh, a better ceiling than uh, than Brown going into uh, the 2019 campaign.
1: Um, I want to give some perspective real quick about the Ravens and the receivers last year and just how bad it was for fantasy. Um, in eight games with Lamar Jackson as the starter, um, this includes the postseason, uh, the receivers averaged just 18.1 PPR points per game. That was the single worst single-team average in six years since the Chiefs in 2012. And last year, just even for more perspective, um nine different receivers averaged over 18.1 individual receivers than the average <laughs> average then <laughs> bro.
0: Than the Ravens. Remember like, team.
3: remember how good John Brown was when was, Flacco was under center. Like he was a yeah. wide receiver too. Yeah. And, and, that, and he was he, on the waiver wire in most of my leagues at the end of the season. Managed.
1: Yeah. Uh, this is an amazing fit for just real football. I mean, Hollywood is going to run good. goes and crossers and makes life a much easier and much better. Correct. Mar Jackson as a passer, but for fantasy, Yikes! Yeah, I was. Just, yeah, I will say Stinker. this, and this has nothing to do
2: with with fantasy at all. But I, I I've kind of made a point Like I don't follow a ton of athletes on social media because you know I feel like if they say something interesting, it'll get retweeted into my timeline. I might follow Antonio Brown when the Ravens play the Steelers just to see him maybe tweeting about his cousin. Or something I wish like I that. could follow Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, so, so yeah. And then the Keel Harry at the end, uh, we talked about it. We talked about it with uh, with Erica there too. It. it it just fits, man. It yeah. just yeah, man. works so it's, many ways. Uh,
3: opportunities, you're, you're going to be catching passes from the best quarterback to ever put on the cleats. And um, I, I like it. I like that fit a lot when it happened. I said, oh, because the kind of the whole draft, you're just like, eh, not fantasy relevant. Eh, you know, not fantasy relevant. And then towards the end, you get the last pick. And like, ooh, Nikhil Harry going to the Patriots. Me like you some of that.
1: Nikhil Harry yeah. is the Dynasty 101. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Maybe Hakeem Butler or somebody, maybe the Chiefs will draft a receiver depending on the Tyreek situation. We'll see. But Harry's the number one uh, dynasty player, I think, this offseason pretty easily. Think about what he does well and what the Patriots need. Nikhil Harry is a beast after after the catch. Yep. Very good in contested, catch, contested yep. catch situations and always one over the middle. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that sound like a per- perfect Patriots mm-hmm. receiver to you?
3: And honestly, like to me, he's their number two already. Like you got
2: Edelman and that's
1: kind of it. Yeah. So. so it'll be interesting to see. I'll, I will say Harry didn't play much X receiver at Arizona State. He typically played just like on the left side and in the slot. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he has any learning curve there, but he, has such he has is such a high. How weird is such a high.
3: How weird is it g- going to be to watch the Patriots next season? No Gronkowski. You're looking at Julian Edelman, Nikhil Harry. And, you know, Sony and and James White will be well, big parts of the offense. Austin Safarian Jenkins will be. It's going to be very odd to watch that. It's offense. going to be
2: odd, especially because it's going to be maybe a run first offense i mean when you've got sony michelle there yeah and not that tom brady can't win a game for them if they need him to but we saw that last year that they relied very heavily on michelle and james white to move that offense and then they would kind of sprinkle in the pass. where they, and i think it's going to continue to be that way as father time uh very very slowly
1: catches up to number 12 by the way the patriots have five picks tonight um second third round recording this at friday at like one o'clock uh Pacific. They have five picks tonight. Could still draft the tight end. Sternberger, Irv Smith Jr. still on the board. Mm -hmm. Austin Safarian Jenkins, I think at this point we kind of know what he is. Um, yeah, the Patriots are going to look a lot different next year. So
2: Graham says he's got uh, Nikhil Harry as his dynasty rookie. One dot oh one fabs. Are are you going that way? Or are you staying with? Cause I know you are running backs forever. Of course. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, but see, I don't know because like like. I mean, as of now, as we well, stay here yeah, right now, I mean, I mean, no? to, to, well, it's either Josh Jacobs or it's Kyler Murray because I really believe in Kyler Murray because of what he can do with his feet. And uh, yeah, Marcus knows. I mean, you know too. I'm 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 all about the running back. So I'm very interested to see where David Montgomery goes. I'm very interested to see where uh, Daryl Henderson goes. There's a lot of running backs out there that if they end up in the right situation, uh, they could end up having some, especially if the Bills end up drafting a running back at some point, th- that could be very, very interesting from a Dynasty League perspective. So, but uh, I-, I, would, I would expect, and we said this earlier in the week, that tonight, and early tomorrow is when you're going to see a lot of wide receivers and running backs come off the board.
1: We could see a lot. Many, we could see in the next couple hours, we could see as many as, I think, 15 or 16. in, second, in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, That'd round. be amazing. Yeah. It was, was, <laughs> was going to be, be a lot. You know what
3: you also see, too? Uh, I wonder if the Broncos go after Drew Locky. still out there. Yeah. He's still out there, he and is. Elway likes him. Because he's
1: tall. Drew <laughs> he's tall, but he's tall. Stinks. You know, he he stinks. <laughs> <laughs> he's an inch taller than Dwayne Haskins, so Haskins never had a shot in I, Denver. I have da- danced around it all, all offseason on this podcast, but yeah, Drew Locke fell out of the first round.
3: Who uh, who drafts uh, DK? Ooh,
1: mm. Mm, that's a good question.
3: I don't know. Colts, Niners?
2: Col- may- no, so I feel like the Niners, if Hakeem Butler's still around, that
1: may be where the Niners go. Mm-hmm. The Colts have uh, three. Uh, three Cardinals three twos now. I think two, th- two threes. Yeah. Cardinals. Cardinals should take Byron, uh, Byron Maxwell. I don't know, man. Yeah, because uh, if they, if 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 the Cardinals don't take him to start the the, the second round, then mm-hmm. they're not
2: going to get him. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's all there is to it.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep. So, going to be interesting, man. Going to be a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And so, like I said, we are, as uh, we speak, about three hours away from it starting. So, by the time you listen to this, uh, half of what we say could be irrelevant. (laughs) We do appreciate you listening to it. That is it. We are done. We appreciate you. As always, we'll be back on our regular schedule next week. As always, tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, age is irrelevant unless you're a bottle of wine. We'll see you next week.